0: Give me something. G'day, punters. We're here for another episode of Give Me Something. I'll tell you what, we're just on the one a week at the moment. So maybe we've, got, we've just got to add a little bit of extra spice when we get this one done. But I'll, I'll get you to your regulars first. You've got
1: Mick Wall, If it bleeds, he'll punt on it. Wally, how are you doing this morning? Very good, Felix. Very excited today. Um, we've got a very special guest today. Now, I know that Joel Kane will be very excited as well. So uh, I'm glad that he's here. I'll tell you what, mate. This is absolute sporting royalty that we have today. So I'm feast, Felix. Uh, I'm ready to go. I'll tell you what, it's almost embarrassing that we're
0: on this. Yeah, I know. It's a bit weird, isn't I was, it? Some, some people, when they call me great man, you know what? I, I, I crawl up into a ball yeah. because there is much greater men on this planet. We've got Georgie Parker as well. Sure, we already know you're here, but Georgie Parker, how are you doing this morning?
2: Oh, very good. I thought that, I thought you were introducing me for a second there, Wally. Oh, well,
0: you
3: know, <laughs> no, if, some if the shoe fits, right. Georgie.
2: No, no, there's someone that's much more <laughs> impressive than I am. I'm, I'm very looking forward to, to hearing all about his, his life and his journey playing against the old Joel Cain as well.
0: Yeah, well, you've just given a little bit away there. I'll tell you what, we'll introduce him, none other than Nathan Blacklock. Here's Nathan
4: Blacklock down the sideline, chipping over the top of Joel Cain What a the to the game
0: for the he comes from a town of 900, but I'll tell you what, he's inspired a whole lot more than that. Dragons legend, NRL legend, the owner of probably the best and the most ballsy try I have ever seen. We'll take it, goal. Any score type in a sport, I have never seen anyone put their life at risk more than that try in 1999. Nathan Blacklock, Tinger, how are you doing, brother? Hey, guys. I'm good. How are you
4: guys
3: doing? Very good, very good. Hey, Ting, I I just want to rewind a little bit here. And uh, you've got no idea how excited I am to have this chat today. I went to Newcastle recently. My young bloke's in the car and we're going through highlights packages. I said, mate, just type up Nathan Blacklock, right? So it pretty much got us the two and a half uh, journey home from Newcastle back to Sydney. Just watching your highlights. You're my favourite ever, ever player. Um, the wonderful things you did, Ting. Uh, he, he, at the end of it, he said, is he an immortal dad? And mate, you should be. You, you <laughs> were evidence that my great dad is the cooler of all coolers. I remember in 1998, I said to my dad, who to this day has never won a bet in his life. I said, dad, here's your time. I said, have some money on this 100 to one shot. He's Nathan Blacklock is his name to be top try scorer. And bloody David Waite didn't play it around four you rushed home. You scored 20 tries that particular year. Uh, Darren Smith topped it with 23. I said to Dad, surely you get on next year. He said, no, I'm going to let the kid win it. So he didn't back you. And you won the next three seasons, <laughs> top try scorer. Over 100 tries in four years, which no man in history of rugby league has ever done. So you can thank my dad, Ting. He got off you and allowed you to reach your great heights. But mate, when you look back on it, how do you feel about it all?
4: Oh, but I um I don't really look back on that much, eh? I don't really um <coughs> I don't really think about it that much. Uh, I think you guys bring it up every now and again. Uh, I, I live a lot day, so, um I I'll pop of And um mate, I, I I get I get a lot of people asking about it, but I, I my, my theory is man, I just haven't been at the right place at the right time.
3: Hey Ting, uh, you had that great anticipation, but one thing I wanna ask you about is You hear about some countries in Europe where they produce so many great uh, penis or you hear about little areas that produce so many great tennis players. Tinga has a population of 833 and it's had four great NRL players. That little town of Tinga, 833, you were a three-time top try scorer. Owen Craigie is the only player in history to play three years for the Australian schoolboys. I remember jumping on a bus in the country team. He was in my team for the under-15s. He comes back on the bus as an Australian opens player, Preston Campbell, who little little Preston Campbell wins a Dally M. Both those players win a premiership. What are you bloody doing out there to produce such brilliance <laughs> in such a small little cohort?
4: Oh mate, all we got in Tinger are cows and uh, and rocks, so we're chasing cows <laughs> and climbing rocks, mate. So I don't know what it is. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, yeah, I. I don't know what it is. I think back home we, we grew up with footies in our hands. You know, you got young Bevan French who's going to England. Uh, he he's from home as well. So again, you know, if you get tackled back home, you got to get up with a you know butt full of bindies, uh on your backside. So uh, <laughs> that, that really you have to pass the ball and not try and hit the ground. So so yeah, it's uh, then, I don't know what it is. The guys just love their rugby league.
0: Now when I... the when you bring up names around rugby league circles and that sort of stuff, when your name, and should kind of touched on it, when your name comes up, there is nothing but love that comes up. There's a lot of guys, you know, you mention names and they say, ah, oh, no, 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 and indifferent on that person. But you seem to be just incredibly universally loved throughout the rugby league world. Well, do, you, do you sort of know that and understand that, how, just how loved you are amongst that sort of fan base?
4: No, no, to be quite honest, I, I don't, actually. Um, I, I uh, <coughs> have really looked at it. I eh? uh, I, I just got taught, taught by my dad to, um, you know, you treat people like, you know, how you want to be treated. No matter, you know, no matter what position you're in, no matter, uh, no matter what you're doing, you always treat someone uh, the way you want to be treated. That's all I got taught, and I guess I give my time up to everybody. I don't really brush anyone off. I always give someone time uh, because you know what, that time I give them that could be a happy moment in their life. And if I can create that happy moment in their life or in their day, in the day, and make them smile, mate, that's, I'd rather do that.
0: Yeah, nice. No, um, fi- oh, go ahead, Wally. No, 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 no. Go, Felix. I was going to say, you're a fishing man. And I know there's been some there's been some delays on fishing and not being able to get it there. Have you been able to just take a bit of time to be able to get back on the, on the water during this sort of lockdown period?
4: No, no. Unfortunately, no. But I've uh, been hitting a lot of golf balls.
0: Hey Ting, yeah,
4: uh, yeah. here we go. And just,
3: Mike, can you hear me, Mike? Yeah, just, just on, keep that mic there. It's good. There where it is. But uh, just yeah. on the fishing, right? This is a big story that floats around rugby league circles. And the bloke with the Goldilocks, Nathan Brown, or formerly had Goldilocks, he's bald now after coaching the Knights. Yeah. He he spreads this vicious rumor that you're fishing out at Tinga. You love to go fishing out there in your breaks, and you've caught a stack of fish. And too many fish, you can't eat them all. So. Do you do the right thing? And you throw them back. And they've been sitting there on the ice for hours and hours, right? They're frozen, basically. And he declares his story, backdoor <laughs> back fiction, that you throw the fish back and you come rushing back and you said to Goldilocks Nathan Brown, you said, Brownie, you wouldn't believe it. I threw the fish back and this one fish, it floated, it waded, it had been frozen for four hours and all of a sudden it just snapped out of it and swum <laughs> off. Is that true or not?
4: with Brownie, everything's fiction, mate. Everything. Everything with <laughs> him, you, you just got to take it with a Got take that with a grain of salt, buddy. So, everything you said. So yeah, yeah, yeah. He got some stories, Brownie. So um, I, I I know for a fact with a few uh few animals like I think crayfish and that you can actually freeze them and uh they they do go. You put them back in the water and they do um actually live. So uh but yeah, fish I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's to us curries, right? Um, it's gold, fish to us curries We never probably fish back <laughs>
1: uh, you know, I've got to ask Now, a long way probably from, from the fishing uh, You headed over to the UK to Hull Now, I've always wondered this Because um, we've, got, we've got two codes that run this country Obviously, we've got AFL, we've got NRL AFL, it's you pay here or you don't pay It's that simple um, With NRL, though, there are other options Whether it's in the UK or whether it's in France what, is, what are the main differences going over there of how they run their clubs, the professionalism of it, how it actually... I've always wondered that in terms of that. Because I look at the NRL and go, surely this is just the best league in the world. These, we've got the best players. Surely it's the best-run league. What were the main differences heading over to the UK?
4: Well, I guess um, when you're over there, you, you, the attention ain't on you. It's, uh, it's all on the, on the soccer players. Uh, and. I guess training-wise, there ain't that much pressure on you. Training-wise, um, it, it's a little laid back. Um, playing with the players over there, mate, uh, I'll guarantee you're playing the best field. I love it. Um, but professional-wise, um, they're they're not as um, they're all about playing rugby league and enjoying it over there. And uh, it's a more open game over there. You, you, it's not about uh, it's not about um, you know getting the percentages, getting the rights. You know, it's certain side of the field. You're actually you know you, you're actually playing an expansive game of rugby league over there. And I think what, everything's fun at the club. It, it's some some are run by uh, personal owners that actually own the club. And my, the, I think they're just happy to have you over there. So when you go over, they they try and um, look after you the best they can. And to do that, um, you know, that they'll they'll give you a bit of slack uh, when it comes to training.
1: you go. That would be a nice little change, wouldn't it? Because it would have been hectic over here. Everyone would know you. You'd be training the absolute house, Dan. You go over there. It sounds like a, not a holiday, but it sounds like an absolute dream playing (laughs) over there.
4: Oh, mate, I I absolutely loved it over there. I really did. Yeah, the European summers, I didn't get home from the golf course until about 9 o'clock at night. I didn't realise. So, yeah, uh, I absolutely loved it.
0: Oh, Awesome. Now, the backflip celebrations, one of, one of my favourite parts, one of my absolute favourite parts of your game, is there ever a point in your career, now you've got to practice that a lot to get the backflip right, was there ever a point where you went to celebrate and you messed up the backflip?
4: Oh, always, I just, um, I remember playing uh, a, a game, an amateur game back home and went to do it and uh, I did the old cartwheel and I got a cramp, they do go back over, so I just did the cartwheel and uh, grabbed the back of my leg, so... Yeah, it was, uh, the boys give it to me. And uh, ever since then, I said, no, no more backflips. I've got to give them up now. I've retired.
2: Now, you are (laughs) one of the most entertaining players that's been in the game. And you're known for this sort of really speedy way of playing and taking the game on. Your highlight reel is probably in one game bigger than ours are for an entire career, especially maybe yours, Felix. But my question to you, (laughs) Josh, Do you remember the old chip and chase that Nathan did over you? And what were you thinking when he chipped it over you, was able to run past you and completely leave you in the dust? Do you remember that moment thinking, this is going to be shown 20 years down the track on a podcast called Give Me Something?
3: Yes, thank you, Georgie, for that. Um, I I do remember a few things about this. What, What I do remember is that John Simon clearly can't count because... We're leading the game, I think, by two at the time. So, therefore, why he's going for a field goal 50 metres out to present that great man the ball, I've got no bloody idea. Uh, the next thing I remember <laughs> is Terry Lamb saying, why didn't you just take his head off and cop two weeks suspension instead of letting him score? Um, the other thing I remember about it is the commentator, Warren Smith. He didn't need to call my name out so uh, <laughs> <He> profusely. <did. laughs> you know. Room service, over Joel Kane. He didn't need to do that. And the next thing I remember about that, Every single person on the planet knew at that moment Nathan Blacklock, our guest, was about to be named in the New South Wales team. And, Tinga, what happened there? Did anyone give you any explanation? Because you just had to be picked that time.
4: Oh, mate. Um, No, it was uh, disappointing. Um, But but I I guess, mate, I I grew up. Know, uh, growing up in Tinga and I take for what I have for granted. Every opportunity I have, I take for granted. And if I got selected from New South Wales, who would have been a bonus to me to play at that level? Um, and me not getting picked, uh, it was, I wasn't disappointed about that because, you know what, as a young kid, I just wanted to play first grade rugby league and I got an opportunity to do that. So if I reacted in a way where um, I, you know, showed any you know, animosity towards the selectors, you know, that, that was, that's not me. You know, um, I, I, not only did I represent, you know, the, the the Dragons, but also represent a lot of young kids out there in, in those areas, you know, Aboriginal, non-Aboriginal kids out there that, you know, be grateful for the opportunities you have. And I'm, I it's grateful to play rugby league, first grade rugby league, and anything above that, like I said, anything above and beyond that is a bonus for me. And I didn't really take it to heart. I just... uh Enjoyed playing foot in it was, As long as my teammates happy with me And the way I was playing With the Dragons That's all I cared about
3: Hey Ting I was speaking to the great David Peachy And um, Pioneered for your great self A similar game And he was here before you As far as playing NRL But I spoke to Peach And I said Tell me about Growing up as an indigenous player In the country And the amount of football You play And why you're so great With skills And those sorts of things And he spoke about Look we would play From dawn to dusk We'd be playing on Rocks barefoot Bindi patches barefoot and his son had grew up in Sydney. So he took his son out to one of the communities at one stage. And his, his son just ran up and down the sideline because he just didn't want to get involved with those rocks and those bindies, which you guys are accustomed to. And I think about that scene and that environment to another scene where that little bindi patch, those pebbles on the, on the parks, you know, worn out from grass because he's played there dawn to dusk, to this little kid catches the ball on a hunch, which you're great on a hunch, you blast onto the ball and you run 60 to 70 metres at a record crowd at ANZ Stadium and score under the post, which everyone thought at that time the Dragons were on their way to a premiership. Do, do you remember being in that moment and snatching that ball and sizzling away?
4: Oh, I remember a few games beforehand. I got a bit uh, you know, when you when you play golf, as you know, you get the yips and I sort of started to get a bit nervous under the high ball. For some reason, I don't know, but Dave Waite announced me in the, in the run-on side on the grand final side. And um, I got up and said in front of the guys. I don't really say much, but I said, guys, look, I won't let this down. You know, if there's a cold out there, I'll catch it. You know, I won't let <laughs> it down. i catch the ball. So I guess um, when I seen that kick come over, I just said, I've got to attack the ball. The ball is my main priority. I've got to attack it. And I've got to attack it hard. So if I get hit, it won't hurt as much. And uh, as soon as I caught the ball, I said, I'm going to get smashed here. And open my eyes up and, make." Unfortunately, uh there was no one on the other side, and I kept running through and um yeah, it was a great moment you know me 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 dad was there uh who actually passed away later that year um to watch me do that in the grand final and that really that really uh, was a lot to me
3: waiting so really um there. yeah that, that's fantastic the 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 new rule change. um Preston Campbell, who's also from Tinga, who well, Preston would have weighed in his sixties when he played, and and that player now is extinct in rugby league. If you're weighing in your sixties, you're just not going to get a start. Do you feel like the new rule change might bring back the little Preston Campbells? And Preston Campbell, mind you, he won the Dally M, like coined as the best player in the competition. Another story from Tinga. Like, do you think we're going to see the the Preston Campbells come back into this great competition?
4: Yeah, with the new, new uh, the new change where uh, you know it again, oh, I said to bloke uh, yes in regards to it, I said mate, he's going to make the game a lot faster, and Melbourne are going to struggle with, with that kind of rugby league. You need a small guy in there to, um, you know, add a dummy half that will, uh, that will actually, uh, that will actually make, you know, that will actually take advantage of that kind of rugby league. So having someone like, uh, you know, bringing them on like they did, like you did with Craig Wing, um, you know, those kind of players around dummy half that can create them opportunities. It's going to be great for the game than them lighter players because they can run all day and they just all you need is a good ten twenty minutes out of them when uh, you know on the back end of every half that'll that'll make the biggest difference.
0: If the dragons get big again this week, uh, are you a chance to just come and just save the season? <laughs>
4: <laughs> Mate, oh, you know it, it's a shame because uh, I remember uh, watching the game and I saw the cardboard cutouts get up and walk out. Um, at half time, <laughs> <laughs> and and then I sort of turned. I sort of turned the TV over and I said, "Mate, uh, I'd, love, mate I'd love to help these guys. Like I really would." Um, but I think there's a lot more going on Beyond the scenes that we don't know about. So uh, I hope they get all together and finish the season off strong. I have a soft spot for um, for the Dragons, and always will have.
0: Nice. Well. And, and there's one to touch on as well before we finish. Of course, a lot going on in the United States, and and we've seen a lot of comments with people saying, "Oh, you know, it's it's happening in America." You know, thank God we live in Australia. Well, it, that's definitely not the case for a lot for a lot of people here. And, and you came up in in a spring world, which you know, there's a lot of stuff going on that white people really understand or didn't didn't care for, and, and it was quite a t- tough time here. Now, even living today, but. Playing in those days, especially, what's your sort of take on the the situation, and from the sort of perspective of an indigenous?
4: Yeah, you sort of cut out with that um, question. Well I, I understand the question you're talking about. You guys can hear me, okay? Yeah,
0: mate. Yeah. Um, That's it,
4: mate. I, I think it's I think it's just about um, the guys that are doing it, making them accountable for it. Um, it's it's it's. You see a lot on like overseas. It's about accountability, you know. You've got these guys covering each other's butt, and um, the, the perpetrators are doing these things, but they get away with it. And mate, my my background is uh, um, is, is, is I'm here because of the Mile Creek Massacre. If you've heard ever heard the Mile Creek Massacre, like look it up. My great great grandfather um, he was one of the young kids who escaped from the Mile Creek Massacre, and Back then, um, the perpetrators got away with a lot of it. But with the Mile Creek massacre, the massive massacre, um, you know, I tried back then. They, this was the first time they've actually got, uh, you know, prosecuted for that massacre of um, Indigenous people, you know, Aboriginal people, and and it's just about, like I said, making people accountable for their actions because it, a life is a life. It doesn't matter who it is. And I guess in Australia. They're, they're, they've got, they, they, they They, they still really want, want to hear their voices heard, and it, you know, it, it's happened. It happened a long time ago, but um, you know, the, the young kids now, that the generation now, you know, the, it's it's something that they can't control. Happened years ago, but the government can change laws that were back then, years ago. That could help. This, you know, that could help. You know, for the future, um, and. Mate, I have got a lot of non Aboriginal friends, um, uh, and I, there are some good and there are some bad. But it's just about making the people who uh, you know like the police. Uh, you want to make them accountable for their actions because you can't take a life and get away with it. Uh, that's all it comes down to: making them accountable for their actions, and and, and seeing then they get that that the families get justice because you know these kids go home, these guys go home to the families, and unfortunately. You know, a young child doesn't have a father no more. A uh, you know, a mother doesn't have a son no more. And that's a, that's a big effort. That's a, that's a big thing. Um, especially with Aboriginal, you know, especially with Aboriginal families and that we're so close. Um, and we look after everyone. It's it's a big you know, it's a it's, it's a big thing. You know, when 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 you, when they talk about people talk about you know, getting profiled and that, it's sometimes. You know, you go somewhere and you're getting looked at and you're getting followed, and all you want to do is do shopping. You know, I remember going shopping a few times, and I'm getting followed around the uh, around the shop. You know, about three or four guys. You know, going to buy that? You've got money to buy it, and you know, it's it sort of makes you feel uh, like you're an alien. You're getting alienated. But again, you know, it's it, it's those people that aren't uneducated. It's about educating people on you know, on the path. On on the path. It doesn't mean um, if we're going to blame anyone for that Which we can't you know, It's about that's the past It's about working together And coming together in the future To stop that from happening And it starts with uh, starts at everybody
3: Hey Ting Well said mate And that, that was very well explained And, and I've, I've in many ways um, And I think you'd understand this uh, in, in the rugby league circles I, I feel like In the team environment It's largely bereft of any racism You know Like the, the Aboriginals are loved the, the Fijians, the Papua New Guineans, the Samoans, the Tongans. We, we all sort of, in rugby league circles, we're all a team. But I suppose what you've explained there, uh, being followed and all those sorts of things, is probably something that I've been naive to. And, and what I would say is, Ting, and, and, and most people would agree with this, that the incident with George Floyd, you know, white or black or any other, there's not a sane person in the world who would condone what went on. But let's get away from that, mate. I just want to finish on a, on a lighter subject. Um, you entertain so many. You're loved still by so many. Who's the one player that you love watching right now uh, when it comes to uh, this great game? By the way, my wife thinks she's trying to sneak him behind us into the room, but she didn't get... <laughs>
4: <laughs> no, it's nice. I'll you with-
3: <laughs> hey, but, but, but Ting, who's lucky. that player?
4: You're lucky my young bloke's asleep because have <laughs> run a while here. Mate, um, I... He doesn't play at this level yet in in, uh, in first grade, but uh, mate, keep an eye for Presto Presto Campbell. He's wow. going to be a gun. Yeah, he's going to be a gun. He's, he's a lot taller, a lot heavier than Presto, but he's going to be a gun in the future. But I, I guess um, watching watching play, I love watching Teddy play. You know, Tedesco and Tavoy, which, um, you know I love them guys, and um, I I'll explain to people the way Tedesco plays. Um, if you're gonna be a full-back, you've got to be fit. You know that deal. Hmm. You've got to be fit. You've got to be running the whole time. I just love the way that he just pushes himself. Um, he's always there. He's got energy every time he runs the ball. He's enthusiastic. He's got energy the whole game. And uh, I'm, when i to talk about energy, I mean, you know what I'm talking about with that. Like, it's just the whole game, he's got a lot of energy, and he never gives up. So a- I love, I love watching him play. Definitely.
3: Hey, team. If you're coaching Latrell. Where, yeah. where do you where do you personally think Latrell's best bodies?
4: Like <laughs> in, in the centres, because uh, you know, as you can see, like at fullback, you've got to have a lot of energy, your enthusiasm, like you're 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 the extra man. So the more you can actually in you know, attack, if you can bring your, insert yourself into the line to create that um to create that over that overlap. Or to create that extra man. You've got to do that as much as you can. I remember what Dave Wade saying to me, you've got to come off with at least 80 supports every game. Wow. And I was like, oh, I was like a sheepdog round up sheep. <laughs> so, I'm running everywhere. And, um, but, uh, yeah, you know, he's more of a centre because he's got more of an impact and you and it, it can, it can sort of rest him out there. Um, if, if you want to be, you've got to work hard for every position that you're playing now because it's a totally different game than we play. It's the stuff you do outside of the now,
0: game that helps you perform better in, on, on, on the field. We, we keep saying we'll have one last one before we wrap up, but I do have... This This is one last one before I want to wrap up here. Now, not many people get to, you know, put on the Australian colour, let alone in one of the absolute names, like, you know, AFL and, and rugby league, that sort of stuff. So how important was that to you to put on those colours?
4: Mate, um, mate I, I remember crying while I was putting, putting the uh, green and gold on. I remember, um, yeah, when I, I went into the toilet, the friends pretend I was, uh, I was going to go to the toilet, I had a bit of a tear to my eye because not only did it represent Australia, it actually represented what I grew up to be, if you know what I mean, what I grew up with, what I went through as a kid, um, how proud I made my family, not just my family in general, but the actual whole community. And, when I put rep- a jumper on, I represented every young kid out there that lived in the communities that I come from, or that I grew up in, that are small. And these young kids think that they have no hope of becoming, you know, an athlete or whatever they want. So I put that jumper on because I wanted them to realise they can do anything, you know, no matter where they live, you know, no matter what circumstances, They just work hard and, you know, stick to it. They'll, uh, they'll achieve anything. Would have you
2: traded that jumper for a state of origin jumper? Of course,
3: yeah. buddy I <laughs> <laughs> really. Great question, Georgie.
0: Great question. <laughs> Georgie?
4: Of course. I well,
0: I'll, t- I'll, t- I'll tell you what, mate. You-, you stand for absolutely everything that is right in this world. You- you're absolutely fantastic, man. Universally loved by both everyone in the NRL circles and just the world. You're an absolute champion. We cannot thank you enough for coming on today.
4: No, no dramas, guys. I actually had a lot of fun, so thank you so much. And mate, I hope you'll be back on sometime soon down the track.
0: Absolutely. Love you, Ting. Thanks very, you very much. i might be back nice on to tomorrow you. by the sounds of this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be very, very, very happy with, with yeah, you. Yeah, thanks, no, thanks a... mate.
4: Thanks, guys. Thank you. Jesus. Thank you.
3: What a champion, eh? What an absolute yeah, champion.
0: That, you, you get that. That word gets thrown around a lot. A champion, this champion bloke. You know, you, you see that stuff where, oh, you... He lit up a room. Everyone liked him. Never, never heard a bad word about him. That right there is one of those blokes.
1: Oh, I, Shug, yeah. thank you um, for bringing him into our world because, look, Felix is a basketball nuffy. Georgie's a hockey girl. I'm a footy boy, AFL that is. And you have just opened our eyes to one <laughs> of the greatest Australian athletes. Not only when I did a bit of research on his career, and I remember him playing as a Storm fan, it's a very social fan, but as a Storm fan, I remember what he went through back in '99. But uh, I knew he was good. But what a what a man! Sure, My favorite part yeah. there. My to favorite idea to give you an idea: that
0: so, '1099' try.
3: Yeah, to give you an idea, he um, the great Billy Slater, who will be an immortal at some mm. stage. He scored 180 tries, uh, Billy Slater. And that was over about 15 years. Nathan Blacklock had over 100 in his first four years. You know, like, this, this guy was just a megastar. And, you know, how humble is he? He still doesn't know the impact and influence. And Felix made a very good call that he, he, he is one of those players who is universally loved. There's no one who says, oh, I hate Nathan Blacklock. Everyone just loves Nathan Blacklock.
1: Oh, no, it is. Well, I was blown away by it. He scored nearly a try match, didn't he? Yeah. It absolutely. is
0: ridiculous. You talk about a stat-driven league and everything we are now. There's some things that will just almost never be eclipsed, and that's probably one of the – you talk about that run of tries there. That's one of those things that's going to be very hard for anyone to touch. Now, he spoke on that 90, 1999 try, and one thing that just caught my mind was he mentioned that, oh, you know, I was worried that I might get crunched. Now, if you go back and watch that video – I don't think I'm worried about him in this situation. He's running. He could have ended the lives of about four people that day. Thank God that did not happen. And he managed to sneak through that gap. Because that could have have been an incident right there. But anyway, as much as I would have loved to talk to him for about... Three hours. We, we do need to give the punters what they want here with a couple of tips. So we'll start off with you, Wally. I know you've always got something that's worth a bit of value.
1: All right. Now, Felix, you might remember this. I brought this up a week ago, and I reckon that this is one of the safest plays you can have when we've been out in the wilderness of sport. <laughs> so AFL returns next week, all right? AFL returns next week. There's three locks. There's only three locks in nine games. Port Adelaide to beat Adelaide. West Coast to beat Gold Coast and GWS to beat North Melbourne. Those three will win. You multi those up, you get two bucks. So here's my suggestion. Take half your bank, put it on them. So when they win, you will have your whole bank. All right? So that's my thinking. Then, here's all the teams that can upset the favourites. Collingwood's $2.32 against Richmond. That's a ridiculous price. Sure, I'd take the Tigers if it was a, a $1.90 each way, but it's not. Hawthorne's two fifty four against Geelong, Geelong pretenders. That is a massive price. <laughs> I'm happy to leave the Fre Brisbane game alone. I don't think Frio much chop it, I don't know where Brisbane are at. Carlton two sixty nine against Melbourne. What on earth have Melbourne showed us in the last year that would suggest that's they should be a dollar forty five against anyone?
2: A great documentary, Wally. (laughs) That's what they
1: showed us. Oh, the documentary that uh, clearly they filmed at the start of the year because they thought they were going to win a flag and then they didn't. So they turned it into something else. (laughs) Give me a spell. Um, Sydney Essence, Flippercoin. St. Kilda, 259 against the Bulldogs who were horrible. My point is this take half your bank, put those three, and then have a play at one of these outsiders. I I think the best of the outsiders' bets is Hawthorne at 254. Geelong did not look good in the opening round. Hawthorne looked great. People are just going, oh, it's down at Skilled Stadium or whatever they're calling it these days. There's no crowd. The ground isn't that different to the <laughs> MCG. It'll be okay. Hawkey's at 254.
0: Well, uh, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Lesson one of education Next will be tomorrow at about 9.30. <laughs> Fantastic stuff. Boy, I tell you, what, you're the most knowledgeable bloke when it comes to that sort of stuff. Georgie, I can see you chomping at the bit over there to get, to get amongst it.
2: Well, no, I just feel as though you know those sure things, Wally. That's where you want to be making your money. You yep. need to be looking at Adelaide versus Port. You look at that's a sure thing, right, but it's a showdown. Will it be more than 40 points? No, it won't. You need to be making your money in those sort of markets, but go from then a dollar forty to a dollar ninety. Come on, you've got to use your mind there, Wally. You've got to be looking yeah. a little
1: bit further. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, so you take the dollar uh, ninety one for Port One to thirty nine is what you're saying. Yes,
2: that's what I say. Add it, uh, value. George, that's what we're
1: y- at. you understand this far better than not because you have you have competed in multiple sports on big stages. How much? With no crowd, does that take out of something like the showdown?
2: Well, that's basically just female sports, sport. So I'm used to playing with no crowd. But look, oh, I think it's the, build up, <laughs> it's the build-up for the showdown that I think okay. becomes big for these guys. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm in WA at the moment, and you see Nickna in the paper as much as you see coronavirus. It, it's it's all-encompassing these players in what we talk about in these sort of little cities, Perth and Adelaide. So every single thing you're doing right or wrong is stamped all over the media. So I think it's the best team that's able to deal with that, that build-up. And Adelaide, we know, are very uh, mentally incapable of dealing with any kind of um, pressure. So I think that's where they really struggle. But in saying that, the showdown with crowds, very different story. So I think without crowds, it is going to be that, that build-up rather than um, hitting those highs and lows with that crowd. So... Um, will take away a little bit, I think. I'm probably the underdog more so than um, the team that's in charge there. I think they'll maybe have a little bit more, be a bit closer because of that. I mean, you don't hurt every time you do something wrong. I mean, you'd know this, Joel. When you do something wrong on the field and you're at a away game, you know about it, right?
3: Oh, absolutely, George. I'll tell you what, I, I kick many, many goals in rugby league, and uh, I actually, I'm in the top five worst kicks of all time, right? I've I got my foot too close to the ground and basically broke my ankle in the process. And you know what? The TV stations, Channel 9 and Fox, they play one of my kicks over and over and over again, that bloody kick. (laughs) Not the kicks you win from the match or from the sideline. They play that kick. If I knew they were going to play that much, I would have bloody practised more of those ones. But anyway.
1: Sure. So your two biggest highlights on Fox would be the Hawk try and that kick. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So my oh, kids, are the,
3: they're the only two things I've done in the game
0: <laughs> and There's something to be said just about getting those off It's like with the, my three-point shooting I broke the record over there in the States for three points made But then I broke the attempts record about a year before that <laughs> So yeah, no one go. ever remembers that, that We're going to talk,
1: just... talk about your debut here in uh,
0: Australia <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. My, my success did come offshore, unfortunately But anyway, sugar. I've blasted your NRL tips all over SEN over the last couple of days, but I have given you credit for them. But I think the punters want to hear them from your mouth this time. Mate, I don't need
3: the credit. I just want your accounts full. So we got three from three last <laughs> week and uh, get your pens ready here. There's three teams at the line who I just think, well, the biggest anomaly is the Warriors at 275 to win. I can't believe this. Penrith have never troubled them. Never, ever troubled them, really. Uh, Warriors take the start, take the head to head. Newcastle Knights, in the greatest boilover of the millennium, can beat the Raiders, I'm telling you. They're a team who doesn't worry them. The Cavalry comes back. Pierce, Ponga, they're ready to go. People are underestimating them. The other team I like is Manly. Manly, uh, I think, on par with Parramatta, but they're getting about four-point start all over that. Now, the better the round, Newcastle Knights and Canberra, both teams have averaged conceding about one and a half points. So between them, they're the nine, nine tries, rather. In six games. That's one and a half tries only per game. Under 40 and a half. Please. That's the way to go, folks. Uh, but uh, I can lead a horse to water. I can't make you back it. Do as you please.
0: Very good. Good so he only got to lead. He only got to lead Wally to the water. I'll tell you what it is. No, make. he's <laughs> right. I'm yeah. fine. Yeah. I'm fine. I'm fine. That's, the that's where the lake is and you're good. <laughs> Gee, what have you got for us? Me? We've got
2: the... We've got the um, darts. We love the darts, don't we, Joel? We love the darts. Gave them up a couple of
0: years ago, actually.
2: (laughs) (laughs) When when you finish being an athlete. There's a couple of sure things again there, Wally, and we love a sure thing. Mm. Now, it's Andy Jenkins up against Scott Mitchell. Now, Scott Mitchell, he is in fine form. He is not going to lose that. He's paying $1.66, and I want to multi that with Scott Mitchell paying forty-four to beat Mark Webster. There's no way that he's going to lose this. He's got three matches this day, but I'm only really confident on these two. These are the two that I'm going to be doing it. He's coming off a couple of wins the last couple of days, and that's just what I'm about. I'm about sure things, just like you are, Wally.
1: Love that. <laughs> Love that. <laughs>
2: I'm that confident. We're all the... that confident, aren't we? We the are.
1: in-depth
0: data analysis, Georgie, it just leads me to believe that there's no way that that won't get my... It's amazing. <laughs>
2: there's no way.
1: <laughs> this is just so, witness after
2: forty guys. Oh. We're pretty good at tipping the darts, except when we pick against our um, our mate um. What's our mate's name again? Our mate
3: Jared. Jared Cole. Jared. Jared. Cole, Jared. <laughs> and oh, mate, J. Cole. J. Cole. J
1: Cole. J Cole. J Cole. Different. J Cole, different. J Cole. Different. Yeah. yeah. Hey guys, before we go, <laughs> but Jared didn't let Nas down, Felix. That's the <laughs> difference between him <laughs> guys, and the before other. Before
3: we J. Cole. go, can I just send out a shout, shout out? Um, I'm very, very fortunate. Here's some trivia for you. I I own in my possession the first ever West Tigers jersey, and I also own the last ever St. George Dragons jersey before the merger, the famous club St. George Dragons. So I had planned today to wear that last ever jersey, which I played in that team with Nathan Blacklock today. I've turned the house upside down. It's not here. If anyone's seen it on eBay... Can you let me know? I, I'm very concerned that somebody's tea leafed it and it's gone. So um, it's no longer in my possession unless I had a few drinking pills and gave it to someone. I don't know where it is.
0: <laughs> well, i tell you what, I'm not going to point any fingers, but only the gal was sitting in that chair a couple yeah. of weeks ago <laughs> and, and you had left the screen. He did leave the screen for a lot of what he did, but he was mumbling about something to do with the jersey. But I've still got the UFC 250, don't forget, up on Sunday. We're not going to go the main card here. There's not too much value there, only $1.11. But Herbert Burns versus Evan Dunham, i remember this one's at UFC Apex. A little bit of a smaller cage. Now, what historically that has meant is that there's more finishes there. But you can't be really back up against the cage that much. Smaller, you're forced to fight in the middle. It seems, who would have thought? Fighters have actually done their research as well. And they're not sort of staying the middle. They are still moving around at the regular. Rigo. Fight goes to distance. Herbert Burns versus Evan Dunham. None of, Neither of these guys... Are able enough damage to actually get a knockout? Both of them win by decision, so I'm going to take the fight goes the distance at two dollars thirty. The traders have lost their minds. I reckon the traders have spent a couple of rounds in there before they put pits the up. So there's going to be plenty of value on UFC two fifty. But anyway.